my fantasy readers, this is Corinne Norton, your fellow book binger, and you are listening to the Finding Fantasy Reads podcast, where you can test out a new fantasy story every single week to find your next favorite author. You'll want to stick around for today's story if you like sailing, unusual magic, and protective siblings. Alicia Klapik is a USA Today bestselling author who wants to infuse readers' lives with unique magic, far-flung fantasy settings, and romance. Her inspiration springs from an obsession with history, years of world travel, and the fantasy she grew up reading when she was supposed to be doing her math homework. Stick around to the end or check out today's show notes to see where you can find more from Alicia. For now, please enjoy Claimed by Alicia Klapik. Chapter 1 The lightning snapped and cracked like a monster in the sky, reaching bone-white fingers into the potter's workshop, where my sister Avi and I had taken shelter. Rain gushed past the window, and the potter whistled in amazement. His wife hissed beside him. The scrappers need to go. She glared at us and made the sign of the holy fire on her forehead, drawing an invisible circle between her eyebrows. Be kind for once, wife the potter said. They won't die from getting wet, she said. Thunder rocked the ground, the walls. A scab of plaster broke from the ceiling and crashed to the floor. Wind howled through the window, grabbed one of the tied back shutters, and ripped it clean off. I leaned forward to watch it cartwheel into the rain-whipped street. Avi grabbed my sleeve, and I held her tightly, like I had when she was little. She was only a head shorter than me now. I'm glad we're not on the boat, she said. I elbowed her gently. If anyone could handle it, we could. Doesn't mean I want to. I gave her a rueful smile. Good point. But you know, a flash of forked silver interrupted me. This storm is really knocking the waters of the pass around. Avi's brow wrinkled. So? Soon as this is over, the potter's wife snarled. You low-casts must go. The potter comforted his wife with some nonsense mumblings as we stepped away from the window to hide from the storm's wrath. A mix of cold and hot air huffed through the opening, and the building shuddered. Never seen one this strong. The potter moved more of his wares into the corner, past the kiln. The storm drummed loud once more, then more quietly, pouting as its power finally drained away, leaving the road beyond the window muddied and empty. Come on, I said to Avi. We need to get on the sea. I have an idea. She untied the water skin on her sash, and I did the same. For once, there'd be rain running off the roofs to fill them. It wasn't my main goal of the moment. I had bigger plans. But she was right to think of having something to drink. Thanking the potter, I swung the door open, and Avi trailed after me, down Jacobden's crisscrossing streets. A donkey brayed as we bumped past him and his owner, whose cart of barley seed had been overturned in the storm. I gave the man a feeling grimace. From the count of tiny bells on his sash, he was low-cast like us, and making up that kind of loss wouldn't go easy. We can't sail out now, Kinneret, Avi said, fixing the knot of her sash, the little bells sewn on calling out a warning. That storm was wild. The water will be awful. I'd bet a new sail that storm just knocked the rest of the coral shelf off that beautiful port site. I flexed my fingers and imagined silver coins running through them. I wondered how many I could earn with this idea. The site north of the Great Road? 
Avi braided the yellow-brown hair hanging over her shoulder. Yes. How do you know the reef will be broken off? Her eyes went to the pouch at my sash. Not because of any magic, I whispered. It's just a guess, a good one. The current only had to finish off that last cracked chunk. I saw it when Oren and I dove there last time. He was drunk. Oren popped up beside us. When am I not? Avi hugged his wet head of long, tangled hair. His northern skin was even more pale than usual. Were you out in that storm? Avi asked. I needed a shower. He shook his head like a dog and soaked her. She gave into laughter. She had the best laugh, high and giggly. It was a remnant of our shared childhood, joy made into sound. Normally, she did everything she could to seem older than her 14 years. I'd told her not to rush life. Being 17 hadn't helped me at all, and the little charity we did get would disappear once I came of age. Let's go scout that port north of the Great Road, I said. Old Farm's captain will pay us for the information and to plant his pennant. But we have to get there before anyone else notices the water is open now. If we could pay to remove two more bells each, we'd still be far from where I wanted to be, but seas, at least we'd be closer to middle caste closer to a rank that could talk to Caleb after age day. I imagined his grin, the way he listened to her stories and mine, his head tilted to one side and his warm, russet eyes giving me the best kind of shiver. When we came of age, everything was going to change. My heart was a storm, raging hope and fierce wind that wanted to tear out the walls between our places in the world. I couldn't lose him. I wouldn't. My stomach growled. Oren gave me a fig he'd stolen from somewhere. I handed it to Avi, who ripped it in two and shared. Are you going to risk the boat to see if you're right? Oren rolled his fingers in a stupid wave at a middle-caste woman in fine black clothing, like she'd ever give him a second look. It won't be a risk. We'll get close, then I'll dive and make sure. Right after the storm of the century? Oren raised his eyebrows. You don't have to come if you don't want to. Yes, he does. Avi said, catching up. A speck of fig hung on her chin, and I plucked it off. She smiled a quick thanks. I still can't handle the boat myself. She smoothed her features a little too well, trying to hide what it cost her to admit that. By next age day, you'll have the strength, I said. We'll get back before sundown, before the salt wraiths come out? No salt wraiths for us tonight. It'll be a quick trip, then to Caleb's for dinner and a report. And our pay. Oren grinned. Exactly. We crowded onto the dow and raised the triangular sail. We were there before Oren could finish the northern tale of Felriki in the volcano, a sick little story about an isolated isle where the people worshipped a demented man who demanded human sacrifice. You'd think people with the ability to do so much magic with a stick and some drawings wouldn't bow to anyone. Tall grasses, mottled sand, and tufts of wild lemon trees made a half-circle around a flat of calm water. After fighting our section of the pass's testy currents and jagged rocks, this place looked like some blessed afterlife. But a zigzag of coral lived under the sweet water here, and the lovely-looking fish were the same inedible creatures that taunted the rest of the cursed pass waters. A sea stinger swam to the surface and splashed us with one wing before dipping back under the glassy blue. At my nod, Oren threw the stone anchor overboard. The water shouted as the rocks split the reflection of the lowering sun. Clouds still grumbled in the distance, taking the storm south. 
As Orin touched the frog's leg tied to a string around his neck for luck, and Avi finished tying off the sail, I stripped off my sandals, long loose skirt, salt bag, and dagger. Avi held out a hand for my sash, and the many low-cast bells jangled as I gave it over. Watch out for the— Avi shouted as I dove into the water. We didn't have time for being careful. This was a rare chance for some real coin, to earn a solid payment from Old Farm for telling them this port was ready for use, and I wasn't about to miss out. The storm had stirred everything up. Sand clouded the moss-colored water and refused the sun's rays, making it darker than it should have been. I could see my hand and maybe five feet in front of me. Not the best for diving. Most sea stingers kept their distance, but I didn't care to run nose to nose with one. Or nose to stinger, I supposed. There could be larger beasts in the reef, too. Hungry ones. The reef, orange and green and reddish pink, was still there, but I couldn't tell if the top shelf had broken off. I kicked my legs and moved through the water, farther from the boat, fish darting around my hair and nibbling my toes. The sea's hands glided along my sides, welcoming me, caressing my sun-dried skin. The place was cursed, but it was home, where I felt close somehow to mother and father. There, at the bottom of the bay, sat the big, angry claw of the reef, the shelf that had sunk a full ship and a host of smaller crafts during its lifetime, hiding just beneath the smooth surface. I smiled and tasted the salty water. As long as the old farm captain avoided the western end of the little bay, this would be a perfect port for their trade with the northern coastline and the Sylvanians, who paid loads of silver for old farm lemons. Old farm could charge everyone to use the port, and they'd bring in cartfuls of coin doing it. I'd be paid well for finding this for them, for claiming it for Old Farm. Cheeks aching from smiling, I pushed to the surface. Orin and Avi stared at something behind me, arms crossed, not even noticing I'd come up. I twisted in the cool water. A high-walled Sylvanian craft bobbed in the bay, just past the reef. My heart dipped, heavy in my chest. They were lowering a smaller craft, heading to the shore to place their pennant, to claim it before I could. I didn't even have the old farm pennant yet. I'd have to get it from their captain. I slammed a fist into the water and raged toward the coast, my lungs pumping in time with my arms and legs. I'd seen this place first. This was my bay. Climbing out of the pass, dripping and half-dressed, I hurried to where they were unloading a cask. One man held a rolled pennant under his arm. Eh. I hoped they knew our tongue. It was the language of trade, so surely they would. Of course, they were idiots who dared to try and take my new port location, so maybe they knew nothing. The men raised their heads. One said something in their language, and the others laughed. I kicked sandy pebbles at them. This spot is already claimed by Old Farm. I jerked a thumb over my shoulder in the general direction of Caleb's home. I wished he was here. He was my good luck charm oceans better than any frog leg tied around a neck. The first man smoothed his greased straight hair and plucked at his fine green sleeve. I don't see a pennant, sea nymph. His gaze lighted on my bare legs and stayed there. I got in his face, close enough to see the gray hairs just beginning to sprout in his trim black beard. Well, it's claimed, and you can just ask Amir Mamluk's scribe about it. It's in the records. If you flout her agreement with Old Farm, 
If you disrupt the peace, she'll send her full ship of fighting sailors after your piddly little crew here, and it'll be your last day to worsen the world with your presence. I was lying my lips off. Old Farm's captain sent me here to check, and he was right. The storm took the pennant. Why don't you have a new one to set in the ground? His accent choked his words, made them sound stupid, made him sound stupid. I wasn't going to waste time getting a new one if the old one was still here. Oh, do the old farms have to bless them five ways before they can grace the landscape? He laughed with his friends, and I decided I really, really hated Sylvanians. You're idiots. I don't have time for this. I turned to leave. Where are your bells? He looked my waist over for a sash that wasn't there. You don't seem pure desert blood. My blood isn't your business. He stepped closer and grabbed my arm. It will be, if you're lying. Orin and Avi sailed my boat to the coast and started toward us. I didn't want Avi around these people. Who knew what they would do? I'd heard some of them had a strange magic in their blood. Some could shout words and move faster than the wind. They were always fighting, too. Family against family, violent types. I waved at Orin and Avi to go back to the boat then glared at the Sylvanians. Go ahead to Jacobden and set a meeting with the scribe. Check my story. If I'm wrong, plant your pennant. They huddled together, the one in green leading some sort of heated discussion with the one manning their cask of whatever, and the last two who looked like a pair of vultures with black hair like ruffed feathers. They were all dressed like they were headed to court instead of sailing. I rolled my eyes and planted my feet. I wasn't going to leave until they did. They stopped blabbing, and the leader faced me. We will go to the emir. But no, if you are lying, he drew a finger across his throat. It shouldn't be difficult to find a girl like you. I hid my frightened swallow with a snort. You can't kill me. I work for Old Farm. They wouldn't need to know the details. Grinding my teeth, I held my place as they took to their skiff and headed down the coast. I hurried back to Orin and Avi and my own boat. We have to get the pennant. I slipped my skirt over my underclothes and tied my sash back on, bells jingling. We have to go now, before they get back. At least the wind had angled itself away. We wouldn't have to use the oars. What did you tell them? Avi asked, chewing the end of her braid as Orin and I raised the sail. That we already had Old Farm's go-ahead, I said, and they can check it with the emir's scribe. Avi gasped. But they'll lock you up for that kind of lie. They'll find out. It won't matter if we get back here first and get the pennant in the ground. It'll just be hearsay and bits no one cares about then. I adjusted the dagger at my sash so the rough hilt wouldn't rub my belly. They're foreign anyway. The emir would favor us over them in a judgment, as long as Old Farm was at our back. They'd support us, unless their beloved honor got the best of them and they refused to play into the blurring of the truth, Orin said. He helped Avi get the anchor up and into the boat. Water puddled under the rope as they coiled it and settled the stone inside. The wind whispered in my ear. I scanned the northern horizon. Another ship. I sucked salty air in through my nose. What now? Orin stopped and held a hand up to block the sun. He'd seen the new arrivals, too. Did you organize a celebration today, Kinneret? Because it seems we have more guests arriving. Shut it, Orin. If it pleases you, my lady. He bowed, purposefully bumping his big head on the boat's side to make Avi laugh. 
but she wasn't paying attention. She had the spyglass and was looking at the shape moving in the distance. Kinneret? She offered me the spyglass. That's the Emir's full ship. I threw the sails tied to the deck and flew to the side, grabbing the warm bronze of the spyglass. Black sails, big as islands, stretched above the craft. My heart shivered with want, imagining the ship's wheel under my fingers, the deck moving under my feet, the sails snapping to attention above my head. Someday I would run that ship. Someday. Somehow. Never mind I was low-cast and the old striped cat at the dock had as much chance at the position as me. I gripped the spyglass, my knuckles straining. I couldn't lie to the emir's fighting sailors. They would come back to bite, and bite hard. We have to get to Old Farm, I said, fast, before they land. You're sure they're headed to this bay? Avi asked. No, but it's a strong possibility. Oren looked to the salt pouch at my sash, and I nodded. Surely the emir's ship was still far enough away that they wouldn't notice me use my salt magic, or how my boat would move. If they did see, well... My prayers weren't respected like Old Farm's rituals or the words spoken over the holy fire by most everyone in the Empire. Talking to the sea was somehow worse, though I'd never bought into that dung. It was only because it was practiced by us low-caste sailors. But it didn't matter a flea's foot what I thought. If I was caught doing it, I'd be outcasted, thrown to the streets under the weight of countless tiny cast bells, not allowed to work, only to beg. I rubbed my arms and got back to work. With the sail trimmed and piercing the storm-worn sky like an ivory tusk, I opened my pouch and cupped a handful of the sea's blood. The salt was sticky, not too dry, the perfect blend for asking the waters for a favor. At the prow, I reached high and tossed the salt over the waves. Crystals sparked in the uneven sun, fell over my head and shoulders, got caught in the ends of my wet hair. I could almost see my mother's smile in the scattered light. See, hear me. Lift us. Move us. Take us where we need to go. Let your blessed breezes blow. Let your current guide us, as you heard my mother. Hear her daughter now. It wasn't the punchiest of salt prayers, but it might work good enough. Behind us, the emir's ship grew bigger. It was so fast. So very fast. The sea pulled us into its shifting palm, and the current tugged us out of the bay, down the coastline. Warm wind touched my cheeks. I watched Avi take strong, healthy breaths. If she wasn't so thin, she'd almost look healthy herself. I had to get the silver from this deal. Chapter 2 A blackened wood arch welcomed us into Old Farm, and I touched one of the shells attached to the beams, knowing there was a prayer written on parchment inside. I wasn't a follower, but I'd take what I could get if they were handing it out. The fields swayed with summer barley, sending the warm scent of plenty into the air and hiding most of the gray-shirted workers. Probably Caleb, too. I strained my neck to find his ebony head of silky hair, his bright smile to see his broadening shoulders or the wave of his sun-brown hand. Nothing. The workers' voices tumbled together into a song as they picked weeds repaired stone walls and retied scraps of cloth to the tall sticks to scare off birds. A man in the traditional old farm head tie wiped his chin with the back of his hand, then straightened slowly. He frowned at the salt pouch on my sash, my bells, and the cut of my short shirt and long flowing skirt. Is your captain at the dock? 
I asked, trying to keep my gaze off the flatbread tucked into his sash. My mouth watered to spite me. It'd been a day since I'd had anything substantial. I'd given the last of our bread to Avi. I don't know, sailor, the worker spat. Hmm, Oren cocked his head. I thought he was going to call you something rather nasty, Kinneret. He faced the worker. Just curious, did you chicken out, or do you just not know any rather nasty words? Because I can be hired to teach such things. That's enough, Oren. The worker was being mean, though. He knew my name. Had to. I visited Caleb a lot. Scouted for the old farm captain. Besides, there weren't many non-old farms that came here. Even fewer who had slightly darker skin like Avi and me. Our mother had been Kirakian. And no one else walked around with a fair-skinned midget from the Northern Isles. Avi stepped forward. She looked about ready to rip the man's head off. Is Caleb ben Yahashua in these fields? I had to smile. She knew how to use who she knew to get somewhere. My little sister was a survivor. She'd get through this life. Somehow. Wouldn't she? For a second, I couldn't stop staring at the sharp points of her elbows and the circles under her eyes. I shook my head to clear it. Caleb was here. Yes. The man had brightened, looking around for his chairman's son. Brought me water, first thing. If you see him, please tell him Kinneret, Avi, and Oren are at the dock. It's important. The man's eyebrow flicked up, but he nodded politely enough. Old Farm's dock was as ancient as its people. The thick planking was smooth under our sandals, more stone than wood from sitting here for who knew how long. They'd made it from a type of cedar that died out long before anyone I knew had been born, and the wood had melded with the salt of the pass to become something new, impenetrable. A crowd of tidy dows similar to my boat bobbed along both sides of the dock, triangular sails tied and bladders bouncing between dock and craft. A gull cried and landed on a post beside the full ship. On board, Captain Dov was on his hands and knees, tunic and long vest tied up, scrubbing the deck with what smelled like lemons and rosemary. Five gray-shirted workers had their own horsehair brushes. Sweat blackened their clothes. Captain? I hopped onto the deck, careful not to ruin what they'd done. I need to speak with you. The old man put his hands on his thighs and worked his way to standing, brush dripping. Anything for my best scout. A sadness flickered over his features. He had to be thinking about how age day would soon mess everything up for Caleb and me. I felt like hugging the man, taking comfort in how he liked me, despite my cast. Remember the new port location I was looking at near the Great Road? I asked. The one with the troublesome reef? I nodded. The storm knocked the last of the high shelf off on the southern side, so it's passable for ships from both sides now. I checked myself. Ah. He set the brush on an empty crate and wiped his hands on a wrinkled cloth. Wonderful news. I'll bring it to vote at the council meeting tomorrow. We can't wait that long to plant your pennant. Captain Dov tilted his head. You mean Old Farm's pennant. It isn't mine. Nothing is mine. He smiled, genuine in his Old Farm humility. I waved all that off. Yes, yes, some Sylvanians are scouting the spot. But they didn't claim it? Captain Dov asked. It's a prime location. I would have thought they'd take that right. Not yet. Avi's lips pressed together, and she checked the sun's height for the time. Oren grinned at his feet, amused with watching me avoid the truth. Told you that honor would trip you up. He mumbled. 
I whipped a dirty look at him, and he wiped his face clean of emotion. Then he winked. I bit my thumbnail, thinking about how to get this to work. Every move an old farm made pretty much had to be approved and voted on by their council, an elected group. It was nice that they had no caste system within the farm, but the fairness definitely slowed things down. If we don't place the pennant before the Sylvanians return, you'll lose this port. Old farm will suffer. Competition from orchards and barley fields in the greening just north of Jacobden had increased due to the good weather the last few years. With a hand, he motioned for us to join him away from the other workers. The look on his face reminded me of the night Caleb and I got caught on this very ship, breaking into the captain's room to use his new long-distance spyglass. Captain Dobb had lectured us, but he hadn't told a soul what we'd done. And during the next ship blessing, he'd made a point to invite all the children on board to look through the spyglass at the waves splashing against the rocks in the pass. He was one of the good ones in this cursed world. I'll get the pennant, he said, one eye on the workers. But you don't breathe a word until after the council approves it. I'm impressed, Oren said to the captain. His smile was real. Then again, I like you people. Oren, Abby barked like someone twice her age. You people? That sounds so rude. Oren held up his hand. Ah, don't accuse me of rudeness. Why do you think they call me Oran? That's an old farm name if you hadn't noticed. Captain Dov was nodding. I hadn't noticed. I'd thought that was his name, given to him where he was from in the Northern Isles somewhere. It's Old Farm. I hated the isle I came from. Hated my family. I never wanted to hear my name again, so I took one of theirs. Oren dipped his head to Captain Dov. Why did you pick that specific one? Captain Dov asked. I'm sorry, I interrupted. But as much as I want to hear that story, we need to go, now. Captain Dov hurried to his quarters and came out with a barley sack. I took it, feeling the pennant rolled up inside. You have a steak? I can handle the steak, I said, already clomping down the gangplank. There's Caleb, the captain shouted, pointing down the dock. An invisible key turned in my heart and opened it wide, letting everything out and blurring my focus on my plans. My eyes longed to see his smile right now, to watch him walk toward me with that easy grace of his. It would make everything so much better. Ah, I'm mistaken, Captain Dobb said. It's his brother. I grabbed Abby's hand to hurry her along. Eliezer will just get in the way. Let's go. She squeezed my fingers gently, and Oren touched my back, steady and sure behind us. But Eleazar wasn't going to be ignored. What are you all up to? He stood as tall as he could. His small, red-brown beard made him look like a goat. A goat with freckles. Oren smiled. Why would you think we have plots going on? You two are always dragging poor Avi into your trouble. Avi blushed at Eleazar's concern, but crossed her arms in defiance. I go where I want to go. I loved my sister. I leveled my gaze on Eleazar. The only thing we're up to is trying to help Old Farm. Right. He moved to stand in the path. Tell me what you're doing here without Caleb. Because no matter if he's here or not, he'll be implicated if what you're doing isn't acceptable. Oran shoved him with a hand, laughing, and continued down the pathway. Oh, go on, righteous man. This isn't your business. Stop fretting like an old woman. Avi's eyes cut to Oran. I knew very well she was fretting about all of this, too, even though she'd never say it in front of the others. 
Eliezer, sometimes the only way to reward is risk. Us low-castes have to do what we have to do. I hurried past him, Avi beside me. She leaned toward my ear, shuffling along on tiptoe. He'll tell someone. He'll cause trouble. Don't I know it. Nothing we can do about it now. Chapter 3 We rushed down the packed dirt road leading to Jacobden's main port. Old Zane's hut cast a shadow along the bordering wildflowers, and I promised myself I'd buy him a sack of wonderful things to eat when I had Old Farm's silver in hand. He'd been a great friend to my parents, and definitely deserved some charity in his old age. But for now, I didn't have time for one of his stories. Taking to our boat, Oran, Avi, and I made it out of Jacobden's main port just as a small group of the emir's fighters crested the hill above the dock. They were shiny specks in the distance, a row of silvery helmets. I gulped, hoping the slapping waves would cover the noise. Kinneret! Avi trimmed the sail, her eyes wide. I kept my hand firmly on the tiller, the worn wood familiar as my own skin. They're too late. They'd come because of the Sylvanians and their demand to see the scribes' books, but they weren't drawing bows that I could tell. I raised my fingers sideways to the horizon to measure the time as we struggled with the current and the jagged pass rocks like giant crab pinchers. I didn't need salt to move quickly into the new port location. The current naturally danced that way. Squinting in the sun, I whispered to the sea, Please let the bay be empty. Let us be the first. At the newly safe bay, yellow shot off the waves like fire, making the swathe of water impossible to see clearly. Oren looked up and, feeling the wind, called out for Avi to help him lower the sail. Our boat slid into the protected blue like we were meant to be there. The shoreline, bright and dark sand under waving grasses, was clear. But at the very end of the bay, past the wild lemon trees, the emir's fighting sailors lifted a pennant from a smaller craft. It knocked the wind out of me. If I couldn't make this happen, where was our next bit of coin coming from? I didn't have a shipment of surplus goods scheduled to run until three days from now. I glanced at Avi's skeletal hands on the sail's ties. An image of Caleb singing at the festival fire flashed through my head. As ugly as it was, I needed coin to keep the things dear to me safe. Give me the pennant. I didn't bother removing my heavy skirt. We were close enough for me to struggle to land. Oran threw the pennant to me. Catching it, I reached down for the stake we used to hold the extra rope in place in the hole on the side of the boat. The stake fought me, but I wrestled it free, gaining a good burning splinter in my palm. The rope slid to the decking as I jumped overboard. Sloshing toward the shore, I unrolled the pennant. I had to get it in the ground over here, far enough away that they wouldn't notice me doing it. The pennant dragged in the lapping water as I tried to fasten its ties to the stake. My fingers shook, and the first knot slipped free. Cursing the day and the Sylvanians and the fighting sailors and the emir herself, I worked another knot. It held. On the sandy grass, I drove the stake into the ground and bent to do the second tie so the wind wouldn't ruin everything by snatching the pennant. Who's there? One of the fighting sailors shouted. His blood-red leather vest looked black in the bright sun. I stood, my heart shaking. Kinneret Raza! Just checking the pennant I planted yesterday for Old Farm. That made them hurry along. As they stormed down the beach, I noticed Oren and Avi had come up behind me. Oren had a hand on the dagger tied to his sash. 
Don't look threatening, I said. We're checking on this pennant. We belong here. It's already claimed. It's frightening how good you are at believing your own lies. Tell me one about how wise and humble I am. I want a lie of my own from your talented evil mind. Shut it, Oren. That's no fun. Let's keep on chatting away. These enormous folk might just decide this is our last day in this uncommon world, and we wouldn't want to miss our final conversation. Oren, Avi chewed her braid. They're not going to do anything to us. I moved my salt pouch so it was less noticeable, hating myself for bowing to their prejudice. The fighting sailors really were enormous. Now that the sun had dipped behind a cloud, I could see the emir's equally enormous and wonderful full ship just beyond the bay's cusp. The largest of the sailors was a woman with an impressive scar going across her nose and cheek. I took a slow breath to hide my fear. You can't put a pennant here, Locast. She spit on the ground beside my sandal, but I didn't flinch. Yes, actually I can. That's Old Farm's sigil, if you haven't noticed. It's not like it's mine. Why would Old Farm hire a low caste? She paused and eyed the pouch I obviously hadn't hid well enough. Salt witch. The house-sized man beside her sucked a breath in through his thin lips. That could be anything. Coins, fishing line. Maybe be careful where you're throwing insults, he said to her. She may be telling the truth. Ooh. Oren clapped his hands. A smart one. How exciting. The woman sniffed, ignoring Oren. She hasn't told a truth a day in her life. Oren frowned. I'm pretty sure you just met. How could you possibly know that? Oh, wait. Did the holy fire show you something last time you prayed over the fire bowl? They have one on that big old boat, right? The woman cracked Oren across the face with the back of her hand. Blasphemy. Oren licked blood from his lip and patted Avi on the head as she tried not to cry. Don't worry, my dear. I know how to deal with bullies. He turned to the woman. Now, how is that blasphemy exactly? Some do see visions in the fire. The house-sized man leaned in. They do. I had one once. They're usually ideas, though. You should try it, Northerner. Thanks. Perhaps someday I will. He angled himself toward Avi. This one is my favorite. Can we send the others back and keep him? Enough! The woman pulled her dagger and pointed it at the old farm pennant. How did you get this? My hands fisted at my sides. From Captain Dobb of Old Farm. Her hand flew to my sash, and she had my salt pouch in a blink. She unlaced it and dumped it over. I'd only had a bit of salt left, and that fluttered into the wind with a sigh. She overseasons her food, dear lady, Oren said. I'm not a lady, she snapped. Oren smirked. You said it, not me. She made to hit him again, and I stepped between them. This is a waste of everyone's time, I said. I work for Old Farm on occasion. You can check with Captain Dov, or with the chairman's son, Caleb Ben Yashua. Her face cleared and her hand dropped. Now I know where I've seen you, tagging along after the chairman's son, like his little low-caste dog. My stomach rolled, and heat seared my cheeks. You know, she said, her scar tugging her skin. You'll have to give that up soon. You have to be, what, seventeen? Age day fast approaches. Some pretty old farm girl will have that boy. Not a pathetic witch like you. I pictured Caleb's curved top lip brushing another girl's mouth, her neck. My heartbeat echoed in my head. 
My knuckles threatened to split through my skin as I fought to keep a hold of my rage. That's not your business. I work for Amir Mamluk, and she makes cross-caste relationships my business. We aren't of age yet, and we are talking about Old Farm's claim to this port location. Try to focus. Her nostrils flared. I stepped closer. Go ahead, I whispered. Hit me. See what Old Farm Chairman Yahashua ben Aharon thinks about that. The emir's fighters attacking their contract workers. Everyone stood frozen, watching to see if she would dare. The emir's pennant waved from the house-sized man's hand. Sylvanians! One of the fighting sailors pointed to the craft coming up alongside theirs. Yes, I said. If you'd wasted less time pestering us, we'd have had time to tell you all about the Sylvanians. The fighting sailors put hands to the hilts of their yadagans and forgot all about us as they stormed toward the approaching foreigners. This is bad, Kinneret, Oren said, huffing a little as he worked to keep up with me. Avi nodded. What if they tell them about this morning, about there not being a pennant? She whispered. I don't know. I'm going to have to play this by ear. Go back to the boat. You can't help. I'm sorry, but you can't. Don't give me that look. You might get hurt. I'm not going anywhere, Avi said. I might come up with something you don't think of. Ever considered that? You're definitely her sister, Oren mumbled. Why couldn't we just move west and sell shoes or something? I tried to stare Avi down, but she was about as movable as a mountain. The two parties of armed sailors were already shouting and posturing like cocks at dawn, crowing at one another and fluffing their feathers. That one! The green-shirted Sylvanian from earlier pointed at me, then scowled at Amir Mamluk's fighting sailors. She said she'd claimed the spot for a port already. We checked with your Amir's scribe. He said there was no claim on the books. But there! He gestured wildly at the old farm pennant flying in the wind. It seems your Amir keeps a dishonest court. For there is proof this one was telling the truth. What kind of game is this you empire people are playing? The scarred woman drew her steel. Did you just call my emir a liar? She and all her fighters. And then things moved pretty fast. She went for his gut, and another Sylvanian blocked the blow, coming up with a fist and knocking the woman back. The rest took up the fighting, shouting insults and braying about their loyalty to Sylvania or to the Empire. I think this is our cue to leave, Oren said. Agreed. I spun, and we raced back to our boat, leaving the hotheads to slice one another apart, and the old farm pennant still holding ground on the newest, and possibly best, port on the broken coast. It was well done, Kinneret Raza. Well done indeed, Oren said, dusting his hands off like he'd just finished sanding the decking. You're as talented with that mouth as you are with that salt. I fought the flare of pride inside me. I still had another obstacle to fight through. If the pennant placement didn't get into the proper books in the proper manner, all was lost. Outside the emir's manor house in Jacobden proper, I waited for Caleb. He was inside, asking the emir's scribe to record Old Farm's claim to the bay. If he could get the pennant location into the books, it might all work out especially if he got it in there before the emir heard about the odd skirmish between her fighting sailors and a bunch of Sylvanians. I held my breath, tapping my foot on the ground and trying not to be hungry. I hated being hungry around Caleb, which happened all the time. I should have been used to it by now. 
If my stomach growled near him, he'd always buy me something. I hated him having to do that. I wanted to feed myself and Avi on my own, like my parents had done before the fever took them. Besides, I couldn't rely on his mercy and deep pockets for long. That scarred fighting sailor had been right. Age day approached, and soon I'd have to stay clear of Caleb. Unless I managed to get my hands on enough silver to buy my way out of the low caste. Thinking of what would happen if we were seen as too close after age day, I shivered hard, the white stone of the emir's walls cold on my back. Voices rumbled inside the courtyard. I unhitched myself from the wall. Caleb walked around the corner, russet eyes shining, and that smile of his, all for me. We did it, he said. It took everything in me not to run into his strong, wiry arms. But he couldn't know how I felt. Not yet. Hopefully, seas, I hoped, prayed, would die to make it true. He felt the same way about me. I thought he did. Avi and Oran had said as much. But I couldn't break the topic open yet. Not when it might only lead to pain for both of us. No. Opening my heart to him? That was an adventure for another day. Eleazar followed Caleb, steam practically clouding out of his ears. He caught up and hissed, You two are going to have to change the way you're living. Caleb's mouth turned down at the edges. Brother, can't we just enjoy this wind today? A nasty look poured down Eleazar's face. Sure, but don't forget to tell her about Father's announcement. She'll want to congratulate Miriam. He flashed a smile and took off into town. I couldn't move. What's he talking about? Caleb touched my sleeve, then let his hand drop as someone passed by. He turned his sigil ring around his smallest finger. It's nothing. The breeze fell away, and heat and dust choked me. You're lying. I never lie. You stretch the truth. It's not that far off. Now tell me. His eyes met mine. Father announced that Miriam, the healer's daughter, is to be my intended. The world dissolved around me. So much for this being the triumphant end to an awful day. I couldn't argue. Couldn't tell him what my heart shouted inside me. I'd known this day was coming. Why was it such a shock that another girl would marry him? I left him standing in the middle of the road. Thank you for the help, I shouted, cramming cheer into my words. See you tomorrow. Um, yes, of course. With another glance, I saw the confusion wash over him and ignored it. I had to get to my boat and think hard. I had to make a plan. I could not lose the only boy who pushed the darkness from my life and colored it with hope. Without hope, I'd die, no matter how much silver I got my hands on. Forcing my feet to keep moving, I battled tears and clung to hope with every beat of my heart. I hope you enjoyed listening to Claimed by Alicia Klepik, narrated by Corinne Norton. If you want to read more by Alicia, go to aliciaklepik.com, where you can sign up for her newsletter to get your free copy of Claimed, as well as several other free reads and bonuses that she has for her subscribers. A direct link is available in the show notes because no one ever knows how to spell authors' names. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Finding Fantasy Reads podcast in whatever platform you prefer. It lets you automatically download new episodes as they come in, but it also helps increase the podcast's visibility on podcast platforms. 
which helps both authors and listeners find the show. Long story short, it means the podcast can continue to give you more short stories for even longer. I've made it easy for you with links to the most popular ones on findingfantasyreads.com. As always, thank you for listening and happy reading. Happy reading.